the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Matthew 1, verse 21. And she shall have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, which was uh, Isaiah, when he said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. (laughs) That's a miracle. And she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Say, God is with us. I'm not going to preach long, but I want you to help me as I preach today. Say, God is with us. Now, see, some people can't grasp but that there is a God. <laughs> they don't know anything about the Christmas season. They're the happy holidays folks, I guess. They can't grasp but that there is a God. And then some people say, well, if there is a God, he certainly don't care about me. I mean, and I can see their reasoning, because why would he, right? Who are we? David says, what is man that thou art mindful of? Who are we? But yet. God left his glory in heaven. He took on flesh, and he got in the fight with us. Say, God is with us. What's his name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What do we know him as? Let me give you a hint. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, guys. You know why you're at church, right? Say, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> What's his name? Well, we're here again. Help me, Pastor. Well, we're starting back from ground one. Okay, we're going to start all over. Go to Genesis 1-1. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> the funny thing is, is since Jesus was conceived in his mother's womb, he's been with us here ever since. Think about that. I mean, before... It was God from afar, kind of. He wanted to be with us. He even got in a little Ark of the Covenant, little box, you know, to try to be near us. But it just wasn't working. But he had a plan all along. And when when the virgin conceived Jesus, now you know life begins in the womb, right? That's when Jesus came among us. He was born on Christmas. But he, he, life, Jesus came down to the earth In his mother's womb, that's the moment God was with us. And God has not left us since. You say, well, Jesus, he went back to heaven. Yeah, but he sent his spirit into our hearts. You see, when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, God ripped down, looked down and ripped that curtain, that separation, that veil between a sinful man and a holy God, and he made us containers so that God could be with us. Amen? I mean, we're talking about a major event in human history. This is not some little deal. This is not some inconsequential thing we're talking about. We're talking about 
all of history of mankind, this is the point where God came down, and now we can say God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And if God be in this world, look out! What's his name? Jesus. <laughs> We're going to say Jesus, just for clarification. <laughs> well, we're going to say Jesus today. Now, I know all this is old news to most of us. Uh, Christmas, we think about it, and it can become like a cliche. You know, Jesus, Emmanuel, and all this stuff. He, he was born, yeah, yeah. We saw the, saw the movie, got the T-shirt, read the book. You know, it's, but Selah, that's a word used in the Psalms, which means pause and think on this. That before Jesus came, who would have conceived such an idea? I mean, they had read in the scriptures that God was going to send a Messiah, but they had no idea that it would be God himself. Think of the concept of God coming down from heaven to the earth. I mean, we just, it's a cliche to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, Jesus came, yeah. God came and became one of us, was born in the womb of one of us. That's pretty big stuff. I don't care. Say God's with us. God is with us. Now, the Christmas celebration itself, and over time, it can morph into different things for different people. I understand that. You know, your own personal experiences color the way we begin to see the Christmas time of year and the celebration. Some of you have lost loved ones and it's really a hard time of year for you, and I understand that. And so it, it begins to taint your Christmas spirit in a certain way. Of course, there's those who see Christmas through the lens of Goodman Road. <laughs> you know, it's like, get me out of here! <laughs> I mean, really, commercialism, busyness, like I said, your schedule. That's why we're trying to be, you know, not trying to schedule a whole bunch of outreaches and stuff at this time of year, because we know you're going to be busy, you're going to be rushed, it's, everything's going on. Some of you have allowed that to cause you to begin to hate the Christmas season. And I mean, I know you, you, you love Jesus and everything, and you want to celebrate, but you hate the Christmas season. And that's why one of the reasons we wanted to have this play, to try to, to and this day, to try to bring your Christmas spirit back. <clears throat> of course, for most kids, now, you, you can't taint the Christmas spirit for them. Uh, they're wildly expectant, you know, <laughs> When's, when we go open presents, you know. They're wildly excited, and there's great wonder, except for those those few kids has been through traumatic experience during Christmas, which uh, I wanted to show a picture of one. If you put that 
that picture up there. Here's one kid. And then, you know, he was forced to wear a pink suit, kind of traumatic on Christmas. Who would force their kid to wear a pink suit? And then you have the... My grandmama made us pink Elvis suits. Now, in my defense, I will say hit number three. That's my face. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> no, you want to? You're not putting them on Jackson. I can tell you that. You don't want to mess his life up, scar him forever. Cut the light back on, please. And then there was a time I missed Christmas pretty much altogether. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago, I, I got a stomach bug on Christmas Eve. Anybody ever just miss Christmas? It was horrible. It's Christmas, will y'all hush for a minute? <laughs> I'm coming over here. No, it, I, I had a stomach bug, and I began to do what stomach bugs do. On Christmas Eve, and, and we were supposed to go visit family. We got like seven sides of the family, you know, and so there's eight locations we had to be at simultaneously. And, and the, we were all planning to go and had the gifts to bring and the, the fruitcake or whatever we would bring. And well, no, we're not a fruitcake family. But, but we were on the way, and uh, well, I wasn't on the way. I stayed at home. I couldn't get out of the bedroom. I was quarantined. You ever been quarantined on Christmas Eve? And you know they're going to have fun and eat and get presents and give presents and see people you only see once a year. And I'm st- Bless you. And I'm stuck in the old bedroom with some chicken soup and, and warm water. But I didn't care at this point. If you've ever had a stomach bug, you know, you don't really care. It's just like, leave me alone. I'm just going to be right here. And, you're, and I was aching and, and all over, so uh, then Christmas Day came along, and, and I watched from the door jam as the kids went out and got their presents and waved, didn't get to enjoy any of the reindeer games, and went, oh, just getting to the door made me ill, and I went back and laid down, and that afternoon they invited uh, friends and family over, and we had a party at our house, and I can hear all the jovial talk going on out there, and everybody's laughing, and they're eating finger foods, and I'm in there, you know. It was horrible. I missed Christmas. But you know what? Even deep down inside, even though I felt bad, I knew Christmas would come back around. See, Christmas comes back around every year, if you hadn't figured that out, some of you geniuses. It's going to be here again next year. <laughs> and so I knew it would come back around, and I knew God was with me. I'm secure in that. That's one of the best things about Christmas. It's like the, you know, it's like the sun in the morning. It's going to come up again. And, uh, but it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always so. In the, in the old days, before Jesus was born, there was an old guy named Simeon. And he, this, this cat was really old. I'm talking he was old, old. And he had been waiting 
for the day that he could lay eyes on the Messiah. You remember Simeon in the Bible? He waited his whole life. And he, he had this wonderful expectancy. So much so, he was so expectant, like a little child, he was so expectant that the Holy Ghost promised him that uh, no matter what happens, you'll see the, the Messiah before you die. And so he was holding on to that promise. He was excited. The excitement of knowing that the Messiah was coming sustained him day after day. It says that uh, on the eighth day after Jesus was born, they took him to the temple to be dedicated, and the Holy Spirit said to Simeon, go to the temple. And so he went to the temple that day, and in Luke 2.28 it says, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. Say, God is with us. And he's the glory of your people, Israel. See, this man lived old. He lived long. And he didn't get a Christmas every year. He only experienced one Christmas, and he really missed it. He was eight days late. <laughs> he didn't even know that Jesus had been born, but he got to see the Messiah. Expectation, excitement, wonder. He lived with it even though he didn't have a Christmas to hold on to. Why can't we hold on to our expectation and our excitement and our wonder about the Christmas holiday? I know we have different things to face than he did. It's a different set of rules that we're living by. But still, if this old man could wait his whole life for that one opportunity to lay his eyes on the Savior, We've got God with us. We need to get back excited. The decorations are nice, I know, and getting off for the holidays and the parties and the families and the food and the, the ugly sweaters, Tyler, the re-gifted fruitcake or whatever you get, socks, you, you fill your drawer on Christmas with T-shirts, you know, us men, folks, that's all we want, socks and T-shirts. But what if? What, I mean, what if you got sick this Christmas? I mean, what if you missed Christmas for some reason? Would that take away your joy? Should we just cancel Christmas? What is the real reason that we celebrate in the first place? What if you got no presents? What if you were one of those children at youth villages that have nobody to get you anything? Could you still celebrate? Would it still mean something to you? You know, while I was in that room doing what people do with stomach bugs, my family checked on me occasionally. They came in and said, you, do, you need anything? They were really concerned. I'll give it to them. But you know what? Jesus never leaves me or forsakes me. He's with me through thick and thin. My family, they felt bad that I was sick. But they weren't going to get too close to me. <laughs> they were going to get around me so they wouldn't get it. But Jesus, he bore my sickness and disease. He took it on himself. You know, they fed me the, the, the chicken soup and the lukewarm water. <laughs> but Jesus, he gave me the bread of life. 
He gave me living water to sustain me through anything. Think about what Jesus has done for us. My family, well, they knew what I had would pass, but they weren't really prepared to, to miss the celebrations and the parties for me, you know. We'll be back. <laughs> and I love my family, and I would have done them the same way. But you know what? Jesus left the party in heaven. He left all his majesty, his throne, his glories in heaven. And he came down to get in the trenches with us in the midst of our sickness and disease and barely getting by on our problems and our sin. He came down and got in the middle of it with us. He left all the excitement. He was willing to give up to get. The Bible says it was the joy that was set before him that he endured that cross. The joy of knowing one day that he's going to be able to make all things new. He came to set us free. I'm telling you, why is God with us? What is the truth about Christmas? What's the reason for the season? There you go. You're helping me and I didn't even ask for it. What's the reason for the season? Thank you, Melody. It just leaps from your from your tongue, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound good to say Jesus? Man, that's why you can sit there with a smile on your face while the world's waiting for this to get over. I'm going to read you some scripture. Why did Jesus come? And then we'll close. John 1.29 says he came as a lamb to bear our sins. You know what they did to the lambs, don't you? They were sacrificed. Matthew 5.17 says he came to fulfill the law so that we could be free. He came to seek and save us who were lost, Luke 19.10. He came to call us to repentance and show us mercy in Matthew 9. He came to show us mercy, to preach the good news. He came to be the good news in Luke 8 and 1. He came to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah! He didn't leave us alone down here, defenseless, at the mercy of the wicked devil. But he gave us power and authority over him. He gave us his Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in our mortal bodies. And we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. With the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Operate in the same power that he did. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than ye shall you do. Because I go unto the Father. Boy, he gave us everything that we need to pertain to life and godliness. He came to serve and give his life as a ransom. Matthew 20, 28. To give light to those who were sitting in the dark. And to put our feet on the path to peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, aren't you tired of sitting in the dark? No peace in your life? Jesus came to correct those things, to give you light and life, peace. Not to destroy us, but to save us, Luke 9. To be the good shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep, John 10. Not to condemn the world. but that the world through him might be saved, John 3, 17. 
Man, he didn't come to condemn us. The world thinks he did. And we're confirming it most of the time. Yeah, y'all need to get right. We're trying to clean up the world. Come on, the world don't need cleaning up. They don't need a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. They need new life. We got to tell them about this Savior, this good news. We got to tell them unto us was born a Savior, not a condemner. That's good news. He came to finish his father's work in John 4. He came to be the living bread to satisfy our souls forever in John 6, to show us the father in John 14, to bear witness to the truth in John 18. He came to be our merciful high priest to help us in our temptations. He's merciful. He's merciful. He knows you're tempted. He was tempted in all points as we are, but he was without sin. But he knows what you're going through. And he's merciful. Thank goodness he doesn't zap me every time I make a mistake. Sound like one of them mosquito zappers. Can't go over to his house. God's getting him again. God is merciful. Now you have, he's given you the power to overcome sin and he's going to correct you. He's going to chastise the children that he loves, yes. But let chastisement take its course. Learn from your dumb things and get better. Tap into the power that's inside you to overcome sin. Put that old man under and live for righteousness. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's eternal life. Don't you want to live? Aren't you tired of the darkness? You can. He's shown you the way. He is the Word of God. Hallelujah. He says in Luke 4.18 that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? You don't got to be poor no more. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. You ain't got to stay behind bars anymore. You can come out from among that. That the blind will see. Your eyes will be open to the truth. That the oppressed will be set free. If you got Eshens about something, you know what I mean? Depression, obsession, whatever session you got, he came to set you free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We're living in a period of grace. We're living in a period of grace. The time of the Lord's favor has come. He's not up there holding our sins against us, it says in 2 Corinthians 5. He's taking care of the sin debt. He just needs us to surrender our life and receive forgiveness and to walk in it. Not to be entangled in the yoke of bondage again. Man, I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> he came to redeem us. To buy us back from the devil. And he came to adopt us. 
Do you know how those children at youth villages would long to be adopted? Well, they have baggage. They have history. They're not little babies. They're not as fun like the kittens anymore. Nobody wants to take trouble. Do you, they're not even looking for a good family. They would just settle with a family. To be adopted, to have somebody care. Somebody. But it says here that Jesus came to adopt us into his family so that we could be heirs of God along with him. Heirs according to the promises of Abraham. That we can have what Jesus has. Not just, you know, servants in the kingdom of God, but heirs, children, sons, daughters. <laughs> wow! That we may call God Abba. Not, not Mr. God, Daddy. That we may feel about the Father the way he feels about the Father. That we may have a relationship. That we may know as Jesus preached or prayed in John 17 that he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Wow! <laughs> Let me go back over the verbiage real quick on some of those scriptures that I just read. It explains the reason for his birth. I highlighted him. He came to bear, to fulfill, to save, to call. Do you have a calling? Yes, you do. To preach. He came to baptize, to serve, and to give, to guide, to lay down his life, to finish, to satisfy, to show, to witness, to help. To redeem and to adopt. Wouldn't it be awesome if our lives could be, begin to be described in those terms? Well, what's, what's Tony like? What's Melody like? What's Thirsty like? Well, she's always loving and saving and redeeming and seeing the best in folks. She's merciful. She's gracious. She's compassionate. She's kind. She wants you to be part of the family. She's not pushing away. She's drawing you in. My friends, my friends, listen. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And that is the power of Christmas. God with us. God is with us. Don't let anything this year or any year or all through the year steal your expectation, your excitement, or your wonder about the birth of Jesus, about the day God became one of us, about the day God became with us. I don't care if you have to splurge on a pink rabbit suit. Get your mind right. Get your heart right. Build up your joy. Stir yourselves up in remembrance. Don't let it fade. Let that light grow stronger and stronger in you.
Because the world needs to know that there is hope. Amen? Garnett Ann Schultz penned these words. She said, let us keep Christmas beautiful without a thought of greed, that it might live forevermore to fulfill our every need, that it shall not just a, be just a day, but a lifetime through the miracle of Christmas time that brings God closer to you. God with it. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.